Good afternoon, everybody. This is Made in EDH, and I'm Chris. And I'm Kayla. We're coming back to part two, Ebony Better Than Ivory. I do apologize. We were a little uh, week late on this one. Um, but uh, somebody decided to become a little bit more aged in their um, finer qualities. <laughs> hey, life happens. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we postponed a bit. Uh, also some like scheduling things happened. But anyway, uh, we are very happy to be back. And uh, we are just ready to get back into discussing the final part of Black and... I think we'll have Kayla start off with what she had. Uh, alright. So, I guess first off, um, another one of my favorites. I had Drana Calestria Bloodchief, and she is a three colorless, two black, four four vampire shaman. Uh, she also has flying, and her ability is pay X and two black target creature gets minus zero minus x until end of turn and drana gets plus x plus zero until end of turn uh so she if you have the mana available she's really good at just clearing the board and then hitting really hard with flying so she seems like uh you kind of want some sort of like decent like maybe mana rock base too so like you can really boost that effect yeah definitely and you have the dark rituals of course and things like that you know what's kind of neat i was thinking about it if you put illusionist bracers on her um you get that effect doubled so like you pay you pay it once like like even if you put like x is five or three where it's um where it's um, basically like, so you pay three mat colorless into the effect since it's X and double black. So it's minus, minus three plus three to Drana and minus three to a Tart creature. With Illusioner's Bracers, you double it up. You can potentially knock out two, three toughnesses or one like six toughness thing. And then she gets plus six, turning her into a 10-4. Oh, damn. Wow. Like, she's a pretty spicy, like, little Voltron tech deck kind yeah. of thing. And for those who don't know Illusionist Bracers... Um, it is an artifact equipment. Whenever an ability of equipped creature is activated, if it isn't a mana ability, copy that ability. You may choose new targets for that copy. And it has an equip cost of three colorless, so you could pretty much get this on the drain uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, the other cool thing about her is, of course, the vampire type. So you can obviously run maybe a tribal vampire with her deck. I also noticed she also has that sub theme of shaman. Mm. So like you could get like um, what is it, thornbite staff, the equipment for shamans. Um, that's a really good equipment. So, like, you could just turn this into some, like, weird black, like, equipment deck, and it would be pretty, um, pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, go ahead. So, we got Thornbite Staff, which is pay two for a tribal artifact shaman equipment. 
Equipped creature has pay to colorless, tap. This creature deals one damage to target creature or player. And whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play, untap this creature. Whenever a shaman creature comes into play, you may attach Thornbite staff to it. So that has a lot of value, especially with the untap. Yeah, like, it's whenever a creature dies, which Draina's already doing an effect that is going to probably kill things. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, look, I untap her. And it's just like, you can attack with her, and then this untaps her if you kill something with her effect. Yeah. Which is like almost like a pseudo-vigilance in mono-black, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that is weird, because there's not very much vigilance in black. Um, it looks like the price point on this actually went down a bit, because I oh, remember really? this being up at like 20 at one point. Oh man, for an uncommon? Yeah. Well, it's... <sighs> Morning Tide and Evening Tide, like, the equipments in that, then those sets are insane. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, like, Umbra Mantle's insane. Mm-hmm. That's a combo piece <laughs> card, and, yeah, those those cards get out of control. If you want some good equipment, go look at those two sets. Mm-hmm. Like, they have some really weird, really powerful equipments hiding in the woodworks that uh, have insert combo piece here. Um, they're really good. It would be cool if we returned to Lorowin sometime. Yeah. Those were great sets. Yeah. Um, and Kamigawa, too. Yeah. <laughs> For all the weebs out there. <laughs> yeah. And now that, like, Tamiyo's a pretty prominent, like, character, yeah. it wouldn't be so weird to go back there for a change. Mm-hmm. It would be kind of cool. So and maybe, you... like, take a break from, like, Ravnica and Indistrad for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to get away from Ravnica for a little bit. It's, it's just overdone, I feel. Yeah, we just we just need to go there four more times and we'll, no. then, then it's done. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have? Okay, uh, well, I think, uh, I think I'm going to go with one that is, like, an auto-include for, for my Grixis deck, which I thought his utility is really unique, um, which is Fane the Broker. Uh, two colors, one black, three, three, legendary creature, human warlock. Um, he was from the most recent Strixhaven commander set. Um, he was in the Silver Quill commander deck. He was the mono black um, legend. He has four utilities here, so he's kind of like a staff dom- uh, domination a little bit like that. Um, first effect being, sacrifice a creature, put two one one counters on target creature. Second ability, remove a counter from a creature you control, create treasure. Third ability, sacrifice an artifact to create a 2-1 uh, white and black inkling creature token with flying. Pay three colors and a black to untap Fane the Broker. So he's a he's a total like ability effect kind of commander, which these ones are usually pretty overpowered. So putting Staff of Domination in here with him, I think, would be a really solid thing. Mm-hmm. And he's almost like a kind of like he's got this really weird utility kit where it requires you to have like treat like tokens to sacrifice also having a counters matter kind of build while also sacrificing also artifacts yeah so it's kind of interesting to like crack him because i think there's a lot of really cool different ways that you could do this 
and really break him and it would be really hard for your opponents to really interact but also because his utility is so like awkward Mm -hmm. that it also (laughs) kind of just makes it difficult to work with too uh you are pulling up some things so you got some ideas there Uh, i was just looking for like enchantments that untapped uh creatures in black i was just seeing if there was um well there is that staff of domination that Mm -hmm. does that uh uh, I think he's really interesting because, like, if you do, of course, like, Revel and Riches, uh, Black Enchantment, that's, like, if you have ten treasures, you win the game on yeah. your upkeep. Like, that's an auto-include in the deck, but, like, you don't want to win, but it's a good utility thing for your deck. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like, I think, like, you run a lot of the mono-black, like, token generators. Yeah, there, there's plenty of those, too. Oh, my gosh. That new Modern Horizons oh, 2 yeah. uh, artifact <laughs> creature is a cinch for this deck. So, you had Academy Manufacturer, which is the new one. Um, it's a three-cost artifact creature, 1-3. If you would create a clue, food, or treasure token, instead create one of each... So, like, so. with him, that's, like, super utility because then you can start creating these inklings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, any of those, like, weird, like, counter abilities from Mycoria would go in here. Yeah, that would be great. Um, that pick, the gold, the golden pick from um, yeah. Kaldheim. It's an equipment, two-colorless uh, artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token. Um, you just, like, throw that in, and you put it on your Inklings because they're flying, so they have that weird evasion. So if they don't have flying on the op- on an opponent's side, you get that free treasure from smacking someone. Mm-hmm. Um, giant, um, giant Skewer, too, because it makes food tokens when you deal combat damage to a creature. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of really cool utilities that you could do with this deck. Um, Black's really good about making creature tokens. There's a lot of, like, artifact tokens that Black makes nowadays. I, that didn't used to be a thing, but it really did kind of grow. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of treasure things you can do with him. That's interesting. Yeah, I think he would be really cool to try to break like his deck tech seems really hard to like stay focused because like i feel like you could really go too hard in one direction it would really throw off the deck but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's like if even if you just went hard in one direction um it wouldn't like really like cause you problems too much mm-hmm. like you know what's weird is you know obnixilis that landfall when we talked about last time yeah. he would actually be interesting in this deck because his landfall puts counters on omnixilis and oh, then you yeah. can remove the counters to make treasure and i love how you can just make mana base out of taking counters off of things mm-hmm. <laughs> to basically just um just remove a counter create a treasure like the utility of that is just a tap effect and if you like you had like illusionist bracers on him and you had like two counters you could make two treasure from one tap effect and remove two counters yeah so i think it's pretty good i think so too and there's a lot of like minus one minus one counter stuff in black which i think like you could easily just get going pretty fast yeah um so like i think this deck's pretty solid i think it would be really hard to stay on task and not like 
go too hard in one side of the deck tech because his deck tech's kind of like really um it's really kind of difficult there um dark decks but you're looking oh yeah um uh, <laughs> So, uh, Kayla was bringing up something interesting. Um, I'm sure all of you have heard of Dark Depths. <laughs> I was, like, looking up Merit Lage. I was like, what? I can't find it. But Dark Depths is the legendary snow land. It enters with ten ice counters on it. You pay three, remove an ice counter from Dark Depths. When Dark Depths has no ice counters on it, sacrifice it if you do create... Merit Lage, a legendary 2020 black avatar creature token with flying and indestructible. So, there is this, this the thing with Fane is that you can't remove it from a land, but you can remove mm. it from a creature. But, but, there is um, a land uh, from the Ikoria commander set. Um, I think it's called Nesting Ground. Um, oh. It's it's a land that lets you move counters Ooh, from a permanent yeah. so you could shift his uh the merit leash counters onto creatures and then remove them <laughs> and just it's such a weird build like this deck would be hilarious to build <laughs> if you did like all these weird moving counter things oh my gosh what you know, it'd be interesting is play a charge counter deck with this I don't remember charge um, counters. Charge counters are like an old Morden staple thing. Hmm. So like they do a bunch of effects um, where it's like there's a ton of different utilities. Oh, it's a Trony yeah. kind of thing, and like you can make you can make some really cool things to it. Um, there's a lot of cards that use charge counters. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, like black market uses charge counters and then like you could just move charge counters off of like blast zone put them on black market just make huge like huge mana (laughs) like oh my gosh this deck could be really crazy (laughs) if you moved if you just went the charge counter out because i think you can actually make tokens in charge counters um can you find a token generator is there something in there with charge counter? Yeah. Let me see. Because um, if there is, I think that's the route you go. Because um, then you don't have to worry about the sap creature to put one one counters on target creature as much. Oh, yeah, there is Golem Foundry and uh, Geometric Nexus. But Geometric Nexus isn't the greatest. Ooh, Lightning Coils. Lightning Coils up there. That one. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Um, has an effect kayla would you like to read this yeah so it's a three cost artifact whenever a non-token creature you control is put into a graveyard from play put a charge counter on lightning coils at the beginning of your upkeep if lightning coils has five or more charge counters on it remove all of them from it and put that many three one red elemental creature tokens with haste into play and remove them from game at the end of turn so, like, you could just, like, for Blast Zone, you just put a ton of charge counters on it, and then, like, Nesting Ground said you could move just one counter, or is it multiples? Um, I think it was one. Let me see, though. Because Nesting Ground's a really interesting card for, like, these kind of... One? M- move a eight. counter from a target permit you control to another target permit, which, that's okay. Yeah. Like, 
if, if you include like non-token creatures and just kind of go with this kind of charge counter because there's a lot of really crazy charge counter effects mm -hmm. on artifacts and i think that could be really fun to do as like an oddball like kind of build for him that i don't think people would see coming like <laughs> wait you're playing charge counters and mono black yeah <laughs> but like if you put because like they're sunburst um which is kind of not something you want to do in a monocolor because that re that more looks for like multicolor mm -hmm. decks more so. But like even there, I think those are charge counters too, so those fit into the theme. Um, and it's uh it's an interesting deck build for sure. I think you could get really creative with it yeah there's so many utilities he could go and i think that's what's unique and would be kind of interesting yeah he's got options yeah he really does and i was kind of i was looking at him as a commander he's like it would be fun to play him but at the same time how do you stay on task is my <laughs> question <laughs> i mean with the hundred card deck you can just throw options in there <laughs> yeah i do feel like he he's really hard to get like stay on task and not like accidentally like kind of <laughs> like get too hard in one side than the other yeah um so that was my number one for this part too uh kayla what do you got sorry i went on a tangent because oh, there's a lot of craziness you could do with that one um i'm gonna go with Kirk, son of yogmoth cool we'll share too <laughs> sweet <laughs> So he is a four colorless, uh, three black Phyrexian mana. Is that what that's called? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's Phyrexian mana. So it's like either you can pay. It's so for those of you who might be new to Magic who don't know what Phyrexian symbols are. So they're like hybrids where it's like two colors, mm -hmm. but Phyrexian mana is either black or two life. So like you could potentially just pay four mana and get him out and lose six life to <laughs> play him. The first turn is on turn four basically if you had no rocks if you have ramp rocks you, you could get them out pretty early yeah and paying six life and commander like that's not too big of a deal at least early on <laughs> yeah speaking like 40 40 uh life point totals are huge and we all know that like grizzle brand was too big of a problem <laughs> in the format yeah. so it got it had to get hard banned pretty early um he is a 2-2 Horror Minion, and he's got lifelink, so when you lose that life, you can potentially gain it back. Um, and then his other abilities are, for each uh, black mana cost, in a cost, you may pay two life rather than pay that mana. So if you have a black spell, you can use the Phyrexian mana instead. And then his other ability is whenever you cast a black spell, put a plus one plus one counter on Carrick. You know, looking at this ability, I just realized he pairs really well with Drena you were talking about yeah. because <laughs> it says the black symbol in a cost, which means it's not just referring to mana costs. It nope. also refers to any cost on play. Yeah. So <laughs> Drena just turned into put X and lose four life into nuking a creature out which means you're spending even less mana to get that big ol' effect going and giving creatures lifelink in black is fairly easy to do so 
And black has a lot of like drain effects too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's let's pull up an iconic one, Drain Life. Oh yeah. Let's let's one. bring up an old card. <laughs> <laughs> this is like an ancient card. I remember playing this old school yeah. card. Um So it is <laughs> Oh god. It is basically pay X, one colorless, one black. Um, drain life deals X damage to any target. You gain life equal to the damage dealt, but not more than the player's life total before the damage was dealt. The planeswalker's loyalty before the damage was dealt, or the creature's toughness. That's a weirdness there. <laughs> so it's like you can't deal lethal to something. <laughs> Is that what that's saying? Um, no, it's just not more life. So I think you can deal the exact amount. Okay. So you can't just go overboard and be like, I'm going... It's weird it says Planeswalker or a player. Mm -hmm. Um, no, no, it does say creature too. It says creature too. So you can't, like, so you can't just drain life a one toughness creature for, like, seven. Yeah. So basically what it says, you can drain life that one one for one. You can't go above its toughness. Mm-hmm. Same with loyalty, planeswalker, um, loyalty counters on a planeswalker. But that's a good card in this deck because you gain that life, I believe, don't you? Yep. Yeah. Um, so you can actually deal like seven damage to a 1 1. You just can't gain more life than what that is, is what it sounds like. Because it's. Drain life deals X damage to any target. You gain life equal to the damage dealt, but not more life than blah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love drain life. I don't think it sees like any play really anymore. No. And it's sad because that's such an old school card that I remember playing back in middle school. <laughs> Can you believe it? I've it's been playing. <laughs> I've been playing Magic that long. Oh my god. Showing gosh. your age. I know. <laughs> I've got the bags under my eyes to prove. <laughs> uh yeah, like I remember back in middle school, like this is kinda like I feel like Kirik is a great, like, old school kind of black card because he makes like black even stronger with making Phyrexian Man, because like, mm-hmm. oh, I just gonna pay Phyrexian Mana and just do nothing but drain effects. Yeah. Um, insert any number of like sanguine bond cards in the deck. Uh, <laughs> you just gain stupid amounts of life. Sanctum of Stone Fangs. All those enchantments that just do menial like I, you lose one life, I gain one life kind of effects. Yeah. There's so much of that in black, and you just run it because now it's just like free value, and of course you're gonna run um. Bolas Senado on the deck, I think. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> like there's there's no way you don't, right? Not not in a Kyrick deck. Like you have to run that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gotta get that life link up in there though. Yeah. Uh there's so much coolness with Kyrick. Uh oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Freaking greed. Yeah, but then you're paying four life. Yeah, four life draw card. It, that is, uh, isn't that almost basically Grizzlebrand almost? Yeah, Grizzlebrand so. level of <laughs> stupidity there. Like how overpowered it is. Yeah. Like holy crap! Like I'm sitting at like a hundred life, 
I'm gonna lose for life to the point where I don't kill myself and just draw that many cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's it's not game ending. Would you say because like if you're drawing that much, I guess too so, with the citadel out, you're just searching out what you need basically from the top of your deck. Yeah, and like you're only losing four life for greed, and if you're saying it, and since it's like a life drain deck anyway with greed in there, if you're sitting at a hundred life, if you pay, if you do it ten times, you're only losing forty of the hundred. Mm. So that's ten cards. Yeah. For no mana. Holy crap, that is pretty broken. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> him not allowing, like, getting around playing black breaks, like, some of the, some cards like that, for sure. Um, and there's, like, you could do things, like, so many, like, really powerful life drain effects yeah. that are just nasty. And Aara first of luck wayne that we talked about last time Mm -hmm. she's triple black oh you throw her in here oh no i pay six life oh and i reimburse myself for one of it (laughs) because of her effect and then you could do like there's so much craziness oh that one you should read that one because that one's really good and i think that fits into the deck so it is a sorcery called battle at the bridge um it's an X and one black improvise and target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn you gain X life so it's basically death wind but with hey I gain this life too mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has improvise which means if you have non-producing artifacts like mana producing artifacts they can tap down and pay for that yeah and there's just there's a lot you can do <laughs> yeah um jeez there is so much like insanity with this deck too and he's he's a horror too so like mm-hmm. you could put some of the cool horrors in here um let's see here um rolling horror i think is the one i'm thinking of uh let's see here we're looking up horrors here uh rolling horror is the one i i remember from my old days (laughs) so it's a three colorless two black um its power and toughness are each equal to your life total minus the life total of an opponent with the most life and it's got suspend x um x can't be zero Whenever a time counter is removed from it while it's removed from the game, target player loses one life and you gain one life. So if you're sitting on like a bunch of mana and you have Kyrick out, you just lose six life and you s- suspend it for a stupid amount of time. Mm-hmm. And just, you might even reimburse it too. Oh wow. Ooh. That's pretty powerful too. Um, she's looking at Profane Transfusion. <laughs> uh, six colors, triple black. Sorcery. Um, this is from Commander Legends. Two target players exchange life totals. You create an XX colorless horror artifact creature token where X is the difference between those players' life totals. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kayla, 
you broke greed congratulations because if you can cast if you so if you have greed out with him and you have six mana Mm -hmm. like six swamps and no one's gotten rid of kirik do you greed yourself down to like the lowest life total and then just play this and just (laughs) oh god (laughs) you just like switch somebody's huge life total and then you just diminish their life like is this almost like death to somebody i love that combo then you get the big horror yeah like and then that's a huge gain life effect because you're switching life totals, so you're net gaining that life. So if you have Sanguine Bond, you can off that player you just traded life totals with. God dang. And there's so many black cards that whenever you gain X life, that player loses that much life. Veto. We can mention <laughs> All like the copies. we could mention like six variants that do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, most of them are enchantments. Um, I. Th- I think there no the, no one is an enchantment which is Sanguine Bond and there's like three or four creatures I yeah. think that do the same thing, but like this deck is so powerful and I think if your opponent sees you have Kirik, um, their game plan needs to be immediately getting rid of him. His power level is like threatening. Like I think he's he's not as powerful as like Urza I would say, but he's more he's like he's got that death threat of you don't know what the deck's capable of until you see it happen and it's the fear of the unknown i think (laughs) like with urza you know it's doing trony uh cheating bs you know (laughs) and it's it's kind of in it's kind of in the same boat of like you don't know what you're going up against when you see a Kyrick deck. And then all the draw effects in black are cheaper even like cyan blood's too black and with Kyrick I pay four life, draw two, lose like six life, and I paid Oof. nothing. I paid six life to draw two cards. Like the engine in Kirik is so powerful. Yeah. And you just do all sorts of like drain effects. And there's like um there's an artifact too that exchanges life total. Um it's called Soul Conduit. Ooh. Uh, which is cool. Oh, that's a good one too. There's a lot of craziness you could really do in this deck that just really messes with people. Soul Conduit, you pay six um, for an artifact, and you pay six to tap it. Two players exchange their life totals. Again, you greed yourself super low, and then you flip it. You, you don't do this if they're a red deck, though. If they are a red deck and you do that, if you drop your life total too critically low, they can just bolt you. Yeah. And you kind of have to be careful about that if you're trying to do that strategy. But I think that's a really solid strategy to do. Um, But yeah, I think that deck's pretty straightforward. You... You do some life gain, life drain effects, and you just make your opponent miserable. And since we shared this, I think we spent a little bit more time on this one. Yeah. I think that's fair if we share a card that we spend a little bit more time on it. True. Uh, cool. So that was number two. On to our number three. <laughs> I think we're going to probably share a, a few. Uh, what do you have for your number three? Uh let's go with the one that has a miss has a really interesting name <laughs> for the thing that it's so okay if i say this you're all um unless you haven't been playing edh like those who've played edh know this name which is skittles 
Oh yes. <laughs> Skittles is the name of the of this uh, commander. Everyone calls it Skittles. I don't know where the name came from. Like, I think it's because the name kind of has the has like skit in the front part of it which is probably where the nickname came from yeah but that's like the weirdest part about it is like if you think skittles you think rainbow right but this is mono black (laughs) (laughs) nope you get dragon skeletons (laughs) so what we're talking about of course edh players know we're talking about skithrix the blight dragon and that's what we're talking about its nickname is skittles and those (laughs) of you who maybe not are hardcore enough in um in edh know this if anyone calls something Skittles, that's what they're referring to is Skithrix, the mm-hmm. Blight Dragon. <laughs> um, Kayla, I know you love this thing, and I love it too. it too. She is a beautiful, gorgeous dragon. Uh, Kayla, go ahead and read the card. Um, we shared this card, obviously. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, Skithrix, the Blight Dragon, is three colorless, two black, four four dragon skeleton with flying and infect you can pay one black um skittles gains haste until end of turn and then you can pay two black and regenerate skittles skittles taste the infect (laughs) Ooh, we got a rainstorm coming sorry if you guys hear thunder The timing of that, just mentioning Skittles and yeah. then Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, we're talking about Skittles and tasting the rainbow and then Thunder happened. So it was like, <laughs> we, we did Skittles right on point. Because yep. we'll probably get a um, a, a uh, new kind of like feel for it, maybe. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? I just realized there was an Oracle text that we missed on the card. I don't think you noticed that. There's an added creature type to Skittles with an Oracle oh, text. Oh, yeah, um, the Phyrexian type. Yeah, so, like, any of the old, like, Phyrexian cards got errated to have Phyrexian creature type now. Which is great. <laughs> yeah, so now we can have Phyrexian tribal, guys. Yay, <laughs> Praetors are all Phyrexians, too. They gotta be, they gotta be planning something, especially with Vorniclex. Yeah, well, not in this current deck, but, like, we're talking about the, like, if you play, oh, yeah. like, a Phyrexian, like, tribal, now Morphod Phyrexian is actually horrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with Skittles deck build, what are you doing, Kayla? Because I've built this deck, and I built a Voltron build, which is, of course, the strat. <laughs> but what are you doing with this? I want to hear what you're building. I'm going Infect and Wither. I'm just doing the blight dragon portion <laughs> just rot out your opponent's creatures there's one card that i really love is hand of the praetors which is three colorless two black three two zombie with infect one. other creatures you control with infect get plus one plus one whenever you cast a creature spell with infect target player gets a poison counter so oh my gosh and you're just running nothing but infect aren't you yeah that and wither cause... is there any like reanimating infect creatures like does there any that um... comes from the graveyard because it says cast trigger uh, i don't think so there's not too many actually Ooh. 
Uh, it does not look like there's reanimator in infect. Darn. Mm-mm. Looks like you'd have to go, like, you'd have to find some way to keep bouncing things to your hand to really get that poison counter nonsense going. Yeah. But, like, if you're already doing infect, you don't really need to worry about that too much, because, of course, you're going to be, um, I don't know, we should auto-include Yawgmoth. Yeah. <laughs> More proliferate oh, <yes>. reasons. <laughs> uh, Nasty. So, I think that's a, um... I think that's a pretty fun, like, little deck tech you could do. Uh, so, I think, uh, did that get eroded to it, too? Oh my gosh, yeah, it did. So. Wow. Okay. Um, apparently a lot, uh, look at creature types from anything that has to deal with Phyrexians and old, or, like, like, old, um, old, like, sets, like, Urza's Saga and stuff like that and all the way to New Phyrexia, Morden Besieged um, all those sets because like we were just looking at Nested, uh, what was it? Ghoul. Ghoul and that's now a Phyrexian creature type I guess this is now too um, oh yeah which is interesting so like a lot of the old cards that were like old Phyrexian things all got eroded to Phyrexian creature type so just um just be wary if you're like if it's not printed on the card just know that the oracle text does do that mm-hmm. so um whoa, whoa they even made phyrexian mirror token yeah that is crazy <laughs> like i i think you're gonna have to make like some custom we're gonna have to make some custom tokens with this phyrexian errata yeah that's kind of cool though i like like, oracles like that are kind of neat, but they also make it hard for, like, gameplay if people are like, well, it doesn't say it on the card. <laughs> it's like, well, but it is. Oh, uh, we need to name the iconic one. <laughs> the Dreadnought. Yup. <laughs> so, Kayla, go ahead. Read read the beautiful. So, it is a one-cost artifact creature, which is a Phyrexian Dreadnought, and it's a 12-12 for one. <laughs> It's got Trample. When Phyrexian Dreadnought comes into play, sacrifice any number of creatures with total power 12 or more, or sacrifice Phyrexian Dreadnought. It's a sack engine. (laughs) And with this, it goes great in Commander, because you can just sack your Commander, because you know you'll get it back eventually. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, Phyrexian Dreadnought's pretty powerful, too, even if it stays on board. 12-12s aren't anything to ignore in Commander, generally. And it's got Trample. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 12-12 Trample? Oh, no. For <laughs> <laughs> one mana. Yeah. All you have to do is sacrifice 12 power? Hmm. That might be a little steep. <laughs> that might be a little hard to do. But, um, I don't know. So, so you're just kind of doing an infect build with Phyrexian Tribal a bit? Yeah. So, does that mean you include, like, Dora Destiny, so every time you cast a Phyrexian spell, mm. everything's kitten boof? Yep. <laughs> so, does that mean, like, does that mean pretty much all the black infect cards are all Phyrexians, too? Uh, probably. Let's see. Because if that's the case, um... That might be the route you go, is you do some, like, weird 
tribal. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, is it? Is that the case? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it is. All the black infects got changed into Phyrexians. Which just makes sense, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's a that's a fun thing you can do now. Yeah. Dora Destiny's Phyrexian Tribal Skittles taste the infect. <laughs> infect cards aren't the cheapest, though. If you do this, um, make sh um, I would probably say this is probably for more people who are aware of that site who have a lot of these already. Well, I feel like you can also double the poison counters. Um, um, proliferate is the really oh, big yeah, thing. Um, uh, contingent engine is the big one. Uh, but yeah, uh, she's looking at something. Sorry, we took a little pause there. <laughs> Uh, she's looking at um, proliferate. Uh, there's not a lot of good proliferate in mono black except for like Yogmoth, but contingent engine is huge. Like, and of course, like Sword of Truth and Justice, Karn's Bastion. Um, mm -hmm. Any of those you want to read, Kayla? Maybe the Sword of Truth and Justice because uh, yeah. that's actually pretty good in the deck. So it's a three colorless artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from white and from blue. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on a creature you control, then proliferate. So, you're telling me this boosts Skittles on its own? Yeah. <laughs> Give that lady some blades. <laughs> uh, there she is in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and that's from Modern Horizons, the first one. Not Modern yeah. Horizons 2, Modern Horizons, the first Modern Horizons. Um, Contingent Engine is one we need to talk about, too, because that's, that's a big one in this oh, deck. Oh, yeah, that's a great card. Um, it's getting up there. It's on the list, huh, of something they're not reprinting. Oh no, that's oh. the. Uh... Oh, it's it's a list card from yeah. what you can pull from set boosters. Wow, <laughs> I wonder which one it's in from all the set boosters. Um, Kaylee, you want to read this one? Sure, it's a six cost artifact. When Contagion Engine enters the battlefield, put a minus one minus one counter on each creature target player controls. You pay four and tap proliferate then proliferate again nasty <laughs> yeah and if somebody has like i don't know avengers endicar like combo about to go off and win and you just like well i'm gonna drop this i have a bunch of mana drop it i'm gonna proliferate all your plants are dead yeah like ouch that avengers endicar player probably just like looked at you with disgust as you just ripped all their plants <laughs> To death. <laughs> I mean, this is really good for like token board wipe. You know those players that just have a million one ones out on the field. Yeah, it's really good removal. Like, there's always one board that has a huge field, and even even if they're not like one ones, getting minus one minus one counter on each of them and then proliferating them, 
Uh, proliferate doesn't target, so if they're hexproof, mm. you can just like oh, like eliminate them slowly. Yeah. So it gets around to hexproof. It also kills indestructible. So this card is a big removal kind of card, and mm. it's something that like in this kind of build where you're already doing minus one minus one counter kind of synergies. Um, I think it's an auto include because it's each creature. So yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot about Blightsteel Colossus. I'll click on that, actually. Oh my gosh, Blightsteel's Phyrexian now, too? Well, of course. Look oh, at, goodness. Look at the symbol on him. Uh, okay, I guess um, I guess you, you play Blightsteel in the deck, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's sticking still at $40. Uh... He, uh Kayla, you want to read the monstrosity <laughs> here? For those of people who don't know the infamous Blightsteel. It is a 12-cost, 11-11 artifact creature golem. Trample, infect, indestructible. If Blightsteel Colossus would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal Blightsteel Colossus and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. Ouch. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Yes, like so that's a big nasty like that's a one-shot kill if they have no blockers mm -hmm. um for those you don't know and like it being phyrexian too and you're already doing like the door destinies according to your build with what you were kind of thinking about doing i think yeah um you could even make it bigger <laughs> and the fact that it shuffles in if it dies like they have to exile blight still if they want to deal with it yeah <laughs> Like, ouch. I can't believe, like, they basically turned all these things into Phyrexians. Ooh, even Ink Moth Nexus turned into a Phyrexian. Mm -hmm. Wow. How much is that thing going for? Ooh, it's it's not as high as it used to be. It's at least <laughs> dropped a little bit. It's, it's only just 30 instead of being, like, 50. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it's a land, Ink Moth Nexus. Uh, tap for colorless. Uh, as an activated effect, pay one Ink Moth Nexus becomes a 1 1 Blink Moth artifact creature token with flying and infect until end of turn, and it's still a land. It also has the new text of it's a Phyrexian Blink Moth, is the oracle text. Spicy. So, yeah, even with Door Destinies, even that becomes more threatening. Like, oh my goodness, them making that oracle text. Like change, mm -hmm. probably made these big like infect tribal decks. Like you could play Phyrexian tribal and with a with a theme of infect pretty easily. I think. So. What build are you going for? Oh, I, I already said I went with like a Voltron build oh, when I played yeah. Skittles. Mm -hmm. I I've played it online on a <laughs> tabletop simulator. Um, unfortunately, the table I was playing at, they errated Infect to be 22 combat damage, so that was really hard. Wow. I got the 21, <laughs> which was really close, but I didn't end up closing out the game because the Rakdos deck killed me, but I knocked him really low. There's not that much, like, just Infect on its own. Yeah, but, like, because I was, I'm guessing because the, the table had, had enough with Infect win conditions... 
Yeah. Um, they did that, which That's is fine. Fair. It's like you know, it's a rule zero thing. I think t- uh, when you play on like tabletop simulator on commander, I think it's actually really good because you can post your rules, your rule zero rules of what you don't want to play against. Um, there's been some tables I walked in on that basically said, "Please don't play wheel decks." <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I think they're fun. Like even playing against them. I think they're fun. Yeah, I don't particularly have an issue with, like, how some decks go, like, wheel-wise or anything like that. I just, wheel decks are just so common. That's the only reason I don't like it. Especially because one of my favorite color deck themes, it's always wheels in that deck color scheme. Hmm. Because they they have the most wheels of all the tricolors. So, getting off topic, um, I think that's all we're doing with Skittles is we're doing... Either I did a Voltron build, and oh, I was just going to do equipments, basically. We had touched up on one sword I'd probably auto-include. But my Voltron deck had all the swords in there, so... <laughs> yeah, it just goes, Skittles uh, slashes you in the air to death. <laughs> uh, so that was our number three. On to number four, then? Already? Yeah, we're flying through these. Um, we shared two of them. Are, yeah. Aren't you? Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not either, especially the top five. Um, so the next one I have is kind of an interesting one. It's uh, Tavash Shavat. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that right. Doom of Fools, and it's a four colorless, one black. Legendary Planeswalker, and he comes in with four loyalty counters. He's got a plus two ability, create two zero one black thrall creature tokens. A plus one ability, you may sacrifice another creature or Planeswalker. If you do, draw two cards, then draw another card if the sacrifice permanent was a commander. And his minus 10 is gain control of all commanders. Put all commanders from the command zone onto the battlefield under your control. Um, he can be your commander, and he's got partner. So, you know, on the other deck text we've done for these mono colors, hmm. this is the first partner card we talked about. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, like... As in the command zone, this is the first one we're talking about. And of course, if you're playing mono black with a partner, um, you obviously are going to pick another black partner. So let's go through those and see what are we doing with um, this deck tech here. So obviously, um, he wants a partner that's going to be working with his synergy pretty well. Mm-hmm. So he wants a sack effect, right? Like he's doing like a sactocrat um, token vibe it looks like yeah and then he steals all all the people's commanders um so what's a good partner what would you throw with him Mm. um i was seeing one i think i might have gone with um which is nadir yeah that's the one i'm thinking of because Nadir is another... It's another high-costed commander, which is not a plus side. Because maybe you go with a lower-cost one to become stack fodder for... Um, for Tevesh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tevesh. <laughs> Tevesh. 
Uh, Nadir is that. great for his token synergy, though. And then mm -hmm. you can sacrifice Nadir, draw three cards, and then um, if Nadir has a lot of uh, counters on him, then you make a bunch of tokens. That's actually a pretty good synergy, thinking about it that way. Or you could go with Kezkit and run Artifacts. Um. Oh, no, Kayla. Hmm. Look at the Oracle uh, creature type errata. Oh, Phyrexian Human Artificer. Um, so what's, uh, what's this effect? Um, tap, sacrifice three other artifacts and or creatures. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put two of them into the, your hand and the other into your graveyard. Wow. Uh oh. That's good for like early game. That's that's really good, like card top card manipulation. But like get, sacrificing three creatures or artifacts could be tricky. We just need a token generator, which yeah. there's a lot in black. I think so. So regardless, like I think that one or Nadir is a great build because those are both tokens energies, and there's a lot of good token produce. Uh, production in black mm -hmm. nowadays um abhorrent overlord is really good it's not early but it's really good mm -hmm. especially if you have a lot um bitter blossom is a oh, very yeah. iconic one that's really good it's out early um bloodline keeper is not bad bloodline keeper is really good mm -hmm. uh i I love Bloodline Keeper. That's nostalgia for me. I have a I have a mono black vampire deck. The play set of that boy, mm -hmm. so good. Uh, uh, Bridge from Below and uh, the new Magus of the from the Below, the new one from On Horizons Two. I think are pretty good includes. Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, let's see here. What other? Oh wow! Uh, you know what? Actually, what's that? Ch what's that one? Uh, Chittering Witch. That's a good one. Yeah, that is. Uh, four. It's a uh, three colorless, one black human warlock. When Chittering Witch enters the battlefield, create a number of one one black rat creature tokens equal to the number of opponents you have. And it has an activated ability of one colorless, one black. Sacrifice a creature. Target creature gets minus two, minus two until end of turn, and it's a two-two. So you create basically three rats, mm -hmm. which is pretty nice. Ooh, the curses are nice. You curse somebody, and then you can just get a bunch of tokens that yeah. way. You can always there's things that allow you to discard and make creatures. Which, if you're manipulating your hand... And your graveyard, too. Yeah. I'm assuming that's kind of what you're going with, right? Yeah. I think this deck's actually pretty solid now we're looking at this. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing I can kind of see that might be a downside is that a lot of the good tokens are, like, four and above. Yeah. So getting out early and getting going early is kind of tricky would be the one thing I would say. Um, uh, colorless artifacts? Um, let's see here. Uh, there's, there's some, and, um, there's some. Ooh, uh, 
No, that's that's a little awkward in theme. We're looking at artifacts and we're looking at artifacts to see if there's a good token production in there. It's just that that's the one thing that might be a little slow with these commanders that we're already putting in the deck. Mm-hmm. It's already kind of slow. Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, maybe like Captain's Clause would wouldn't be a bad throw throw in because mm-hmm. it's early. Um, you just get some low drop going. Put Cellador. That's also another good token production, but mm-hmm. Cellador's not guaranteed like Captain's Clause could be. Uh, it's it's a it's a tricky build I think, but I think you could easily do it if you know what you're doing. Ooh, desiccated desecrated tomb. Oh yeah, because oh, be like your if you're doing reanimator, like if you have grave crawler in the deck, which I think with the discard effects you're auto including because you're already having zombies in the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do like uh, crypt breaker, so you discard um grave crawler, cast grave crawler from your graveyard get the trigger off um desecrated tomb and boom uh maybe we should read desecrated tombs for those who don't know and this card actually could go into any deck it's not just black so like i was looking at desecrated tomb and i was thinking you know um if we're not talking about model black here for a quick second well we talk about lore hold and how lore holds all about like exiling crap oh, yeah. all your graveyard <laughs> it triggers desecrated tomb so it is a three colorless artifact. Whenever one or more creature cards leave your graveyard, create a one-one black bat creature token with flying. Bodies. That could get out of hand really quickly. <laughs> yeah, and um, because like there's another colorless card that actually combos the desecrated tomb. I don't know if people have seen it yet. No. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see if I can remember what it's called. Um, I might just pull it up here. Give me a second. Um, because this card I'm thinking of um, is perfect. Um, which, if you're already going with like a graveyard play kind of style, um, you're going to include this into the deck because you sacrifice it and then you can exile and then you can cast it from exile. Mm. And that is Eternal Scourge. Come on, guys. It's a bulk rare. Play the bulk rare combo with a bulk rare card. <laughs> that's great, Tomb and Eternal Scourge. So that's that's where we're going with this. So Eternal Scourge is three colorless, three, three Eldrazi Horror. You may cast Eternal Scourge from exile. Wow. Um, and when Eternal Scourge becomes the target of spell or ability an opponent controls, e- exile Eternal Scourge. So it says an opponent controls. You know what that means? Oh, I'm just going to sack it, throw it in the graveyard. Um, and then you do some sort of effect to exile it. Because um, there's some like exile creatures from your graveyard make zombie tokens. Yeah. Look, uh, if you have Desecrated Tomb and you do that kind of effect, you're getting two tokens and then you can just keep recurring this. Gross. <laughs> so like that's where you get your good token base um it's kind of a roundabout way and i don't think a lot of people know about eternal scourge and using it in that kind of toolkit so it's something i think people need to look at more that just made me think there's a lot of cheaper black creatures um that you could play that you can actually return from the graveyard to the battlefield um there's nether trader of course it has an ability whenever another creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield you may pay one black if you do return nether trader from your graveyard to the battlefield wow 
Like, okay, so we're just playing some, like, reanimator kind of, like, synergy here. Um, yeah. Gravecrawler being that as long as you have a zombie, you can cast Gravecrawler from your graveyard. It's a one black zombie. Um, can't block, 2-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a rare from uh, Dark Ascension, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's a really good reanimating card because you can just keep recurring it. So you just sack it, pay one black, bring it back. Sack it, pay one black, bring it back. Mm-hmm. So you can make a ton of bats just from that card and having one other zombie in play. Mm-hmm. The synergy there is huge. Gravecrawler, of course, is huge. People do that all the time. Is sack Gravecrawler, bring it back. It's pretty. It's a pretty. It's a pretty mono black thing to be doing. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think this build could go in a lot of different ways, but I think you do want black creatures. Um, you're playing some sort of like removal to keep um, Tavash around. Yeah. Um, of course, he's a Planeswalker, so you probably want to proliferate, so Yogmoth is in the <laughs> deck. And I think even Yogmoth wants creatures around too, so he auto-fills. Caleb, we're going into that thing I was talking about last time. of A theme? The theme of black decks of, well, a lot of these black decks are toolkits for each other, mm-hmm. which I don't think was like some... Like, again, I, I don't think that was the case for, like, blue and white. Like, those had different, like, slightly different themes that, like, you couldn't... Um, really just fit all of them together in one deck and have them work pretty decently. Mm-hmm. Black has this really weird reoccurring theme of a lot of them do work really well together. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. I think that's really cool. They just have synergy. Ooh, wait, go up. I just, you just reminded me of something I just saw. Go up a little bit more there. Bone Dragon. So Ew. it's a five, it's three colorless, double black, dragon skeleton flying 5-4 it has an active ability pay 3 colorless double black exile 7 other cards from your graveyard return bone dragon from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped oh boy the exile is kind of rough um, I don't think if you don't want to lose that much value I probably wouldn't include it but it's a cool thing to play I think um, it's another thing you can potentially reanimate pretty There's well a lot of really cheap reanimating black creatures actually looking through good old coffin queen that's nostalgia right there oh yeah <laughs> um i'll let you read that one because i'm sure you like that one mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's two colorless one black for a one one zombie wizard you may choose not to untap Coffin Queen during your untap step. Pay two and one black to tap. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Whenever Coffin Queen becomes untapped or you lose control of Coffin Queen, exile that creature. So you can get something from anybody's graveyard. Yes. Which is great. Um, and you want to, I want to mention something here while you're there. Um, let's talk about a reprint about this card. I think this card needs to see a lot more play. Mm. Um, there's a Tempest Remastered version of this. It's 13 cents? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Um, why? Why is that so cheap? 
It's so good. I don't know. And the normal Tempest one is $11. Like, what is the... Is that just the online version? Oh, it could just be an online card. That's true. But $11 for this powerful of a card? Like, a problematic creature your opponent has in their graveyard? Steal it. And then if your Coffin Queen goes away at all, or untaps, you exile their their problematic thing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that's a really good removal. That's a great card. It is. And she's good in this reanimator kind of build. Because even if you, like, grab Eternal Scourge with her, you can play Eternal Scourge from Exile, so you're not even losing value if you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ooh, there's Dredge Spell, which is an enchantment. Pay one black, remove from the game two target creatures in your graveyard to put a skeleton token into play. And that token also has Regenerate. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool things I like about this deck. There's a like this deck seems actually really cool. <laughs> this would be a fun deck tech. Yeah. To to wrap your head around and play. Uh yeah, I think I think we know what we're doing on this one. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really good plays. We could probably sit here talking for an hour just <laughs> about how much graveyard play you could play in this deck with token synergies that work insanely well. Definitely. Um, what do you have for number four? Oh goodness! Uh, hopefully, we, hopefully we don't share. I know we're sharing on number five, so I'm gonna try and share the one that we aren't sharing on. <laughs> um, the one for my number four is Sheholdred, the Whispering One. Oh, I love that card. Um, I think she did. She get the errata that she's Phyrexian now too. I would almost guarantee it. Um. She Holdred. She Holdred the Whispering One. Uh, five colorless, double black, legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. She did get the Oracle rewrite. Um, she has Swamp Walk. She's a 6 6. At the beginning of your upkeep, return to a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, they sack a creature. <laughs> so she's Reanimator plus. Um, making your opponents lose creatures. Uh, she also has Swamp Walk, which is important because then you just play um, the Urborg uh, Tomb of Yogmoth, that land that makes all lands swamps. Yeah. <laughs> then you're getting in six commander damage each combat because they cannot block her. She's she, a really high costed. Though. Yeah, I was gonna say she is a little expensive, but. I think you throw Kyrick in the deck just to make her cheaper. Mm-hmm. And you do a bunch of, like, early ramp. Um, you do a lot of, like... This is one of those funky decks where you want to dredge. Yeah. You want to do, like, mill your deck. Self-mill creatures into your deck because... Um, Kayla, can you pull up the card Bubbling Muck? That's a great card. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you know about it. <laughs> this card right here is how you get Shieldred out really fast with the mill strategy. Yeah. Um, well, not mill strategy. What is the other one? It's Song <laughs> of the Damned, not Bubbling Muck. But I'll mention Bubbling Muck real quick. Um, it's one black sorcery. Until the turn, whenever a player taps a swamp for a mana, it produces an additional mana. So it's basically a high tide for black. Um, Songs of the Damned is what I was thinking of. Which is one black instant. Add a black for each creature card in your graveyard. 
Oof. If you go the mill strategy, you can get a lot of creatures in there. And if you have, like, you put Songs of the Damned on an Isochron Scepter, doesn't matter you're paying one extra mana to produce, I don't know, if you self-mill, I don't know, ten creatures, you pay two to add basically eight black. Yeah, and you also <laughs> go with those really cheap regenerate or, like, reanimating creatures, too, so you can have options. Yeah, like, and you don't even need that, like, reanimator that much either. Like, you could have big, dumb black creatures in there because animate dead is one colorless, one black enchantment aura. Then, you grab a creature from any graveyard, except it has minus one on its power. Um, is that thing. Like, there's so much good reanimator in black that just playing a mill strategy with Sealdred is actually really good because she reanimates herself, too. Yeah. So getting her out fast with like a mill strategy and then having like the whole songs of the damned um, kind of effect going, like you can just go fast. Yeah. Like I don't think if you if you do the mill strategy and you have songs of the damned in the hand, who actually would expect Shieldred out turn two? <laughs> like you, if you could met if like you could mill hard enough early, like. If you could mill, I don't know, like, is there a black card that, like, you mill to, like, your next land? Like, yeah, there is, I think. Mill to land. Uh, no, those aren't. That's, oh, what is that? Um, uh, next land, maybe. Oh, just, yeah, you just looked up mill. That's good. That works. Uh, like, is there's got to be, like, a really good mill combo that you could get shouldered out, like, super fast. Mm-hmm. Even if, like, you're discarding cards, I think, like... Yeah. Oh, you know what? Not turn two, but you could do it, like, pretty fast. If you go Shieldred... No, that's really tricky, though. I don't think you could do it the way I was thinking about it. You'd have to get you'd have to get Songs of the Damned on Nicecron Scepter to save yourself from the card I'm thinking about, which is Dark Deal. Hmm. Um, but that's not even guaranteed to get a lot of creatures in your yard. Uh, Stitcher. Um, Stitcher Supplier is a good one. Uh, you know what? It makes a sin- Sinister Concoction really good, too, because it's early removal. You discard a card, and you mill the top card of your library. <laughs> like, you do this weird, like, I want to throw a ton of things into my graveyard kind of effects. Um, there's a lot of, like, um, I think there's a few mono black cards in the, like, newest Dravnica thing that um makes it so you can just um power mill to your next land which means if you so you want your deck to be i think like um the the deck tech itself to be like 50 percent creatures just to get this theme going but with yeah. that synergy i think it's really good because you want to return creatures for sure yeah so like uh void um the cycling void card the yeah void beckoner uh, from Ikoria, which is mm-hmm. two colorless, one black to cycle it, but its CMC is six colorless, double black. <laughs> um, it's an eight-eight nightmare horror death touch. 
um, when you cycle it, you can put a death touch counter on target creature you control, but even if you don't have a creature, you still can just pitch it and draw a card. So, like, you can do, um, I think you could even go on a subtle, like, mono-black cycling theme. Yeah, that's what I was looking up. <laughs> um, because I think that's actually pretty decent. Like, there's a lot of, pr there's a lot of cycling black, um, critters. Um, actually, there's not a lot. Not too many. Um, but, like, you could do a little theme there and just do a bunch of discard things where, like, you're also discarding creeps. Mm-hmm. I think, like, creatures, you just keep throwing them into the yard. Um, I think you just throw a bunch of creatures in the yard. Um, I, I don't, like, you're wanting to reanimate big things, which is tricky. Like, of course, I think you're including a lot of big demons. Um, you could just do discard. There's a ton of discard. Um, Black has a lot of discard synergy. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it hits opponents more than you. Um, but I think you could get around it. Oh, Bone Miser is huge, but that's expensive. Uh, you could do a lot of crazy discard effects, I think. Nah, uh, yeah, you could you you could run away with the game if you do a mill strategy like dredge for sure. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just dredging a ton. Um, oh yeah, I should mention the Golgari thug. <laughs> um, you know that one, don't you? Mm. Look it up. Pull, let's pull it up. People who don't know about this should be aware of it. If anyone knows dredge, they know Golgari uh, thug. Uh, it's one colorless, one black, human warrior, 1-1. One, one. When Galgari Thug dies, put target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library, and it has Dredge 4. So for those of you who don't know, Dredge basically says um, if you would draw a card, instead you may mill instead, basically. You mill yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you put the card with Dredge into your hand. So you just go, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to kill my... I'm going to discard Galgari Thug. Next draw step, I'm going to mill four, put Galgari Thug back into my hand. Oh, I'm going to discard him again with, like, I don't know, call the bloodline. <laughs> and you just get this mill strat going pretty hard. And that's a low drop, too, so you could get the strategy going really fast. Yeah. So getting out to Holdred pretty quickly. If you do Songs of the Dam strategy with this, you could pretty much go... You could go pretty quickly. Uh, I think I don't know if we really need to touch more on it as much uh, mm. Necroplasm you want to read that one that's a pretty good dredge card actually yeah so it is a one colorless two black it's a one one ooze at the beginning of your upkeep put a plus one plus one counter on necroplasm at the beginning of your end step destroy each creature with converted mana cost equal to the number of plus one plus one counters on it and it's got dredge two so if this goes into your graveyard you can mill two to put it back into your hand which is pretty big and this is bulker uh necroplasm is a bulker so this is a pretty and it can kill like it can kill a bunch of like things yeah um tokens are a little bit harder for it to deal with because um you'd have to it, 
Actually, no, you get you get rid of tokens the first turn it comes in because mm. it has no plus one, plus one counter, so the CMC would check and be like, all zero drop critters are dead. Yeah. So it's actually a pretty good, like, um, little sub board wipe on a body kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think... Um, I think it's a little slower for the bigger CMC critters, but you're not going for that because Shieldred's going to deal with a lot of that anyway, so... True. I think um, I think we're pretty good on this deck tech. We're running a little high. Um, I think we're going to number five. So I know you mentioned we might share this one. Um, which one are you going with? Oh, no, we don't share it. Oh, okay. So I had Marilyn of the Morn Song, and she is one colorless, two black, a two, three elf wizard. Um, players can't draw cards. At the beginning of each player's draw step, that player loses three life, searches his or her library for a card, and puts it into his or her hand, then shuffles their library. Um, I know this card's pretty risky, your opponent's just getting exactly what they need for all their combos, but I like it, it kind of speeds up the game a bit. Everybody's just pulling exactly what they need out of the deck and they're losing that three life too so just makes things go really fast yeah um the only drawback i can see on this is the fact you let three players grab whatever they want and how often is this going to be allowed to get to your upkeep (laughs) the this is a this is a one that I think you need Flash, like Vidalcan Ori, before you play her. Mm-hmm. Because nobody is going to let you just do this. Because, um, I don't know, a card from Commander Legends kind of made this not a fun card to play against anymore. <laughs> Kayla, you know what I'm talking about. I'm sure everybody has talked about this two-card combo piece. And being that she can search it out, too means that this combo happens every game which is why you want a flasher on someone's end step and settling your opponents have a chance to interact with it what's that combo it's a card that should have been white but it's Mm. mono black opposition agent oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) this combo has been talked about a lot it's nothing new but of course if you're playing her uh of course you have to include opposition agent like that's a great card to uh, have in there yeah like how do you not run the combo <laughs> uh okay hey your opponents all just like emptied their hands ramping uh, i'm gonna play i'm gonna flash out morrowind on your end step um on my upkeep i'm going to get um on my upkeep i'm gonna search out opposition agent get it into my hand play it so the <laughs> so with this in mind you know what just happens is your opponents can't even s- they search their deck but they have to give the card to you because of opposition agent mm-hmm. and it's like oh my gosh you just shut down their entire deck and then you basically say can i steal your cards and you don't get the draw anymore that's such a great combo yeah. Especially opposition agent already has the flash, so 
Yeah, and it's like, it's not even hard to really get this combo off the ground. Like I said, if you're playing her in the command zone, you have to be careful because everybody's going to assume you're playing that combo and you're going to get hated out really quick. Mm -hmm. And you need to be careful because that's just going to happen because there's this stigma of that combo in the format now. Um, and I feel like that's unfortunate because I think she was such a fun card because she shuts down wheel effects. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, instead of drawing, everybody would lose life equals the cards they're drawing instead. <laughs> oh, no, you wouldn't because it's not even for draws. It's it's only during your draw step. So, you, so if you wheel, everybody just loses their hands. Yeah. And they can't even do anything. They don't get the draw. <laughs> wow. Like... I think she's such a savage black card. She's more policing than some of those white cards. Yeah. Like, why was... Okay. Why was this black and not white? This is like a group huggy white card. Like, (laughs) why couldn't this have been white? Why couldn't Marlin been a white card? Because that would have been so sweet. I mean, both white and black are fairly punishing, so... Yeah, but, like, if he'd made this, like, a white thing, um, wouldn't that have been in- more interesting? Like, instead of each opponent losing, th- instead of that player losing three life and searching, like, well, I know this was printed back in the day where, like, Commander wasn't even a thought yet. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you think about this, if we made a white version of this, where it's, like, the, like... Flip the creature type to be more appropriate, like, I don't know, something like a core wizard. Players can't draw cards at the beginning of each player. Let's let's hypothetically speak here. At the beginning of each player's draw step, um, you gain three life, and then that player searches their library. So instead of them losing three life, you just, they give you three life to do the search effect instead. Yeah. That's, that's what I would design for, like, a white legendary group hug because that's kind of what they were they've been going with for a while as for mono white card draw except for esper sentinel recently like that's been the white thing is like a group hug um like kind of synergy like if we did that kind of like a legend for white would it be absolutely busted or would it actually be balanced enough because people remove it like braids and marlin hmm I don't want white to have it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Because, like, I think white could use something like that. It's like, it's like, they're not even losing life. You're gaining that life. Like, who actually hate boards the mono white legend because it doesn't have opposition agent? But it's so cool. Like, I think the one argument I would say if you put it in white is, well, we have Haven Mind Sensor and all the white cards that make library searching really hardy and nasty. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's why they avoid it could be a reason. But I think that kind of like a group hug effect like that would be something a white legend could have that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see it in the future. Yeah. But we're in black, and we are talking about white effects. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> I think Marlin is just really solid. But the problem is, opposition agent makes it so if you play this, you have to have some way of protecting her, and Black's horrid at that. Like you second this hits play, if you cannot search with her effect, you're not searching because no opponent is gonna let this hit your upkeep <laughs> of fear of opposition agent, right? Like. Yeah. unfortunately like 
everyone just has that fear and it's hot i hate to say it but it's kind of ironic because there's a black card and we're causing fear because of a combo piece that's just (laughs) known so i mean on point it's hilarious because it's perfect it it fits the synergy of black really well Mm -hmm. uh but i don't know i love it i love her i think there's a lot of fun things you could do with her you could search out really fun synergies in mono black but i feel like the the stigma of opposition agent makes it really hard to play her because nobody's gonna let her stay in play (laughs) but like there's so many fun cards you could go search and play like i think you need to tell the table i'm not playing opposition agent yeah just tell them i'll let you look through my deck list i'm not playing it please don't hate me out I promise. Yeah, like, I think that's just what you gotta do. You gotta rule zero. Be like, hey, please just don't hate me because I'm literally just playing mono black group hug. Mm-hmm. Like, you could do, like, and uh, everyone's gonna questionably look at you if you say something like that, but and I think, uh, I don't think you can convince anybody you're playing group hug and mono black. <laughs> no. Because black is such an evil color and it, it's going to do diabolic things no matter how group huggy you try to do. How would this interact with Phyrexian Arena? Um, it doesn't. It doesn't work at all. You just lose life. Oh, okay. Um, because it's not checking each draw. It's only your draw step. I was wondering about that too. That's why I was like, oh my gosh, wheel effects are dangerous because everyone just loses their hands. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you do her with Dark Deal, if you pull that one up, that's a two-card combo. That's just absolute hate. Each player discards uh, all their cards in their hand then draws that many cards, minus one. And it's it's wheel mana. It's two colorless and one black. This is an uncommon. <laughs> I want to ask you, why is a wheel effect an uncommon ever? Like, Windfall is one? But, like, this one's worse. You lose one card guaranteed, not to mention it's a wheel effect, too. <laughs> but if you have Marlin and then you wheel with that, like, nobody has a hand anymore. And then everyone's top decking. Yeah. Nasty. I mean, you could play Fair Magic that way, but I think everybody at the table is just going to hate you. Like, <laughs> I feel like there's no real good way to play her fun. Like, for you to enjoy is to make everybody else's lives misery, I think. Good. <laughs> Which is unfortunate, <laughs> because I think she gets hated out for that exact reason. Yeah. I mean, it's black. If you're playing a mono-black deck... Everybody should be hating on you. Yeah, you're you're playing a lot of you're playing a lot of evil effects. This is true. It's a very on point thing. I just if you're gonna play it, don't be surprised if it gets immediately removed. Is my <laughs> point. Surprised Pikachu face. Yeah, don't. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Just for those those this is more for the newer players who are like, oh, that's a cool effect. I do want to play this. Do it. You you should do it. Just be aware that your commander's not going to remain in play very long. Just know that. <laughs> That's going to happen, and black is does not have a lot of good protection. Like, of course, it has Persist to Undying, those, like, instant things. But, like, otherwise, you have to, like, try and get equipment or auras on it. And I think it just gets hated out before it happens. Get your Hexproof. Get your Shroud. Yeah, get Lightning Greaves. Get um, Swift Foot Boots. Get as much of that as quick as possible. Because Black, like, you have to run equipment, I guess, to keep her alive. 
um, and hope that your equip resolves so nobody hates you out for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is pretty much just Lightning Greaves is the biggest thing I think you can do. Um, or General's Kabuto, too. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's actually a really good one for her because then she can just be a chump block, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah... That's all I gotta say about her, though. Is I think there's a lot of fun things you could do. What would you deck build this with? If you weren't gonna do some evil Haiti build opposition agent or uh, dark deal. Um. <laughs> if you weren't gonna do a degenerate build, I'm gonna put it like that because that's pretty awful. What would you do with her? I would do like a lot of. Oh God, what's the card? Um. Like, players losing half their life, sort of madness, players um, losing ten life. Like, temporal distortion kind mm, of things. Yeah. Like, making people just obliterate their own life totals. Mm. Quidius spike. Okay. So you're trying to go for, like, I search out death, death, like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm searching out death effects. Uh, yeah, Interesting. And I think um, you auto-include, like, Exquisite Blood because they're losing three life each upkeep. Yeah. And that's just life gain, so why Ooh. wouldn't you? <laughs> so what do um, you have for your last one? Okay, I, I thought we would have shared on this because I know you talked about him when we talked about the uh, Strixhaven Commander decks, Ooh. which is Tavash, um, Gloom Summoner. Uh, four four human warlock lifelink. At the beginning of your end step, if you gained life this turn, you may pay X. X is the amount of life you gain this turn. If you do, create an XX black demon creature token with flying. You know we were talking about like a life gain, um, a life gain kind of effect deck mm -hmm. with um Kirik. Um. You know, we forgot to mention something with that build, which we'll mention with this. Which is Amharit's Archive. Where you want to double the life gain you do. Ooh. So if you double your life gain with Tavash, it just checks how much life you gained. And if you've gained double, I don't know, uh, let's gain uh, 5 life, double that 10. Mm -hmm. I can create a 10-10 black flying creature token with flying Nasty. black demon. <laughs> Woo! Spicy. So you're just playing a life gain, life drain deck. Actually, I would, I would no, it's include, all life gain, I think. I would also include the pay life mechanics, just because you're gaining life as well. Yeah, and if you have nothing better to do, might as well. Wow, it was a flash. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, there's a storm going on outside, so we got a lot of lightning, which is cool. Yeah. It's appropriate. I think we're talking about black during a lightning storm. <laughs> Pretty epic. What about the red? Oh, we'll talk about red later. I think I <laughs> might have picked up a little bit of it. Sorry. <laughs> Turn um, into ASMR. Thunderstorm. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think he's a pretty fun build. You just do a ton of life gain, life drain effects, pay life, yada, yada, yada. I don't We already talked about a build similar to this. So we... Okay, cool. So... Alright, I think we're going to leave off on this one. Because mm -hmm. I don't think we really need to talk too hard about it. I think we already covered it pretty well in Strixhaven. I just love him. I just want to bring him up again. Yeah, he's a great commander. Um, But, like, 
Okay, so black mono black legends seem to synergize with each other very well. Yeah. <laughs> like I think that's just black. Like it's a really great color for beginners and as well as like mid grade players. There's just so much you can do. So with, yeah, I agree with you. Like on that note though, like let's think about it. Like I wanna I wanna quote you mm-hmm. on um a previous video a previous not video but like podcast we don't do videos sorry for everyone who was <laughs> disappointed yet. about that um so on our first podcast going way back um you quoted that one of the easiest colors to get into was junt do you remember that when we were talking about tricolors? I don't, but I'll believe you. Um, you said that Jund was one of the easiest colors to play into because it has the most synergizes with itself, which mm. remember I complained about Jund having that like kind of stigma of it's always Sactocrats and yeah. it's pretty much always that synergy there. Well, Black Legends seem to have like this toolkit of, oh, are you doing a gain life drain effect? Okay, you insert all these um this toolkit here mm-hmm. um you're doing some sort of sack outlet you insert all these two kit toolkits here like white and blue had a lot of similar effects effects yeah. to that nature but like did they they didn't have that extent of we can just slot in all these legends and they are all efficiently good in here mm-hmm. like yeah some of them of course yeah it's really good but like especially like in white the synergies between the different commanders weren't really the greatest like sure if you want a big dumb legendary white creature sure insert it if you want some sort of big win con smashy creature mm-hmm. but like even in blue it's like either you're doing like a storm effect but you don't always include like the same legends because they're different yeah they, and, they have different abilities and like different builds but black you can just have a deck with multiple legendaries yeah, and even, like, the deck text, like, like you could just include a lot of the same cards. Like, you can just share cards into the other decks, and they're decent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to note, because that just tells you that that color is really easy to get into and play. And I think black is a successful monocolor for that reason. Um, blue is another really good one, but it's, like, if you try to play a different, like, archetype, like Wizard Tribal... Um, your storm cards won't be necessarily as good in there if you're playing like a spells matters deck like yeah you can include them but it's not going to be as powerful as if you were just playing like like if you were to play um like baral and then you switch to like a wizard tribal deck like yeah Mm -hmm. of course he's a wizard so you could just include him in there but like of course baral on his own is better at the helm at some points yeah and it's just like you know in mono black you you can switch to helms and it doesn't feel like that Mm -hmm. like it it actually feels really powerful yeah because you can build a deck a mono black deck and have multiple legendaries in there and then oh i'm tired of this commander and just swap it out for something else in your deck which is nice yeah and I, i feel like that really makes it a successful color is that it's so tooly that like you can just switch to helm and do like a slightly variant a slight variant of what the build was mm-hmm. and it would it'd feel like a new deck like yeah. sure it's diff it's it's basically the same but because you went with a different like subtle theme it's like 
it won't feel that way necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the toolkit of black and it being like that jund color, I guess we'll have to see when we get the red and green if if yeah. those <laughs> decks um, are the same way. Which oh, I feel like green will have so much synergy. I think red will too, actually. Because mm. there, there's a lot of those. But red might fall into that blue category. And the next color is actually going to be red. Woo! Um, so, um, are we going to do a two-parter on that one as well as we did on this one? Um, I think we can go into more detail with a two-parter. Yeah. Um, I feel like with our mono black here, we did go into a lot of detail and we saw a lot more. Um, I think... It didn't feel as rushed either. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely, at the end of this, we'll do a... After green, so like we'll do two parter of red and green, and then after that, we're gonna do a half and half where we um, we'll do blue and white into um, retouching blue and white and seeing if there was legends we missed that we should talk about. Yeah. Um and like touch up on it since we did two parters for the other colors that we're doing since we decided to change that midway. Mm-hmm. Um maybe we can talk about like maybe for blue and white since we we already touched up on a lot of the big important legends maybe we talk about partners. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um because partners are something we weren't really talking about but we brought it up in this one maybe we should bring it up in the other ones. But I feel like um Tavaj was actually an important one, so I was actually kind of happy you brought that one up because <laughs> he is actually really good. Like, you don't even need to have the partner, but you should put a partner because then... So that's the one thing I, I love and hate about partners is it's kind of got that deck thinning theme, so you have a more of a consistent deck because instead of playing a, a commander in a 99, partners make it um, two commanders and a 98. So you have one less deck, um, one less card in your actual deck in hmm. to deal with. So that's like the one complaint I might have against partners is the fact that that's how that works. Well, that's like a two-edged sword because, I mean, it increases your odds of pulling what you need by 1%. <laughs> but that's huge, though. Like is that the chance you need to pull your answer to win the game like could be that's that's kind of maybe we should do maybe we need to play some um commander games where we play like maybe monocolor decks and dual color decks and see um we'll play the same colors on pi um maybe anyone who's listening to us please do that in your play groups as well and see like does a deck with partners get their answers quicker than a deck without partners yeah um is the having a partner in the zone that drastic of a difference to consistency that you can actually pull out wins faster um of course depending on the partners of course um thrasios is going to be overpowered no matter what you you do in a cement color scheme i think thrasios is probably just going to roll you over because you put one other partner in thrasios and i don't it doesn't even matter what you throw with him it's just gonna it's just going to roll really hard i think Mm -hmm. that one is going to be a difficult one to gauge the power level of, and that one might be the big important one so like play a simic pod and see if the thrasios deck destroys the other Simic decks because it had one card less and it has a card draw engine. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a definitely a test I think we might need to touch up on. But I think doing two parters on these is going to be important. Yeah. 
Um, and at the end of all of this, um, probably this is going to be probably post July, maybe August. We'll t we'll we'll evaluate the five colors and see which of which five color is absolutely the most powerful in utility, <laughs> um, based on like okay. Uh, does it synergize with itself really well? Is the deck is the leader itself? Does it just has such an overpowered leader that it doesn't even matter what else is in the deck? Mm -hmm. Just because that leader is just so overpowered that it doesn't matter. Like we're gonna do some evaluations on that, and we'll decide based on like we'll pick like the top five of each color, and we'll me and Kayla will sit down, we'll talk to to each other, and see like okay. Why is this color the strongest? Um, uh, which is the strongest five, um, the top five of the color here? Like, what is the absolute most powerful? Uh, I think I have some ideas, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll definitely get there. Like, I think we'll talk about like we're not going to talk about CEDH because you know, of course, the Acoustic Commander is going to be up there mm -hmm. for that. Um, we're going to look at it more of a casual um, point of, you know, if you see this in a casual table, are you worried because its power level is going to be too high? <laughs> is more, I think, where we're going to go is these commanders are just high power level. They're going to do what they're going to do without really much hindrance. Yeah. So. Um, I think on that, um, is there anything else you'd like to add, Kayla? Um, that was blinding. <laughs> oh. Oh wow, that was a loud thunder. I had to cut that out because woo! <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> uh, so ending, I just, I don't know. Now I just really want to make another mono black commander deck. Um, I don't think I'll make another one because I love Aara too much. Mm -hmm. She's a fun deck, and I feel like if I try to play any other black deck, it's going to be degenerate some way. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Um, but I, I still have some other decks I need to build first. Um, but otherwise, I think I think I'd like to play another mono black. Maybe we try and do a mono black pod and see how that goes. Ooh. Four player <laughs> mono black decks. See see which black commander is the strongest. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so um, I think on that we're just gonna cut it here. Um, I think we had a good time on this one. We love black very much. It's a very powerful color. Um, I think utility-wise for new players, it's a very easy color to get into. A lot of the really good black cards aren't super high cost. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll cut it here. I think black's an excellent color for new new players. What do you think, Kayla? Yep, I if, love it. If you were to recommend a color for new players to get into, black is definitely one, I think. Or green, but we'll get there. Or red. Yeah, true, actually. Um, I think the actual two colors I would say is harder for new players to get into is, like, blue and white. Yeah. If you don't know what you're doing in Magic especially, those are hard colors. Yeah. Especially mono white. I'd argue blue more so. Oh, well, I don't know. I think white's worse. <laughs> blue at least has card draw. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and not situational card draw of, well, you have to draw a card with me. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I think we're going to cut it here. Uh, this is Chris. And this is Kayla. And this is, we have been made in EDH. And we will catch you on the next part of part one of Raid. Ooh. I will come up with a clever title then. 
<laughs> I know I didn't title this one because it's technically part two of Ebony Better Than Ivory, which I don't think I mentioned that name last time. You can yell at me about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I messed up, okay? Sad. <laughs> I know. I'm a disappointment. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, have a great rest of your day. Hopefully you enjoyed our little chat here on part two. And hope you look forward to when we talk about um, our, um, our, our view on monocolor commanders after reviewing them all. No, we're not reviewing them all, but the ones that we pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then deciding, well, okay, where, where do we go from here? Like, how do we evaluate these? And we'll probably look at, like, staples in those colors, too. So, um, we'll, we'll see you then. Bye. Ha boy.